Hello and welcome to We're Listening, the podcast all about Frasier. I'm Will. I'm Kay. And this week we're looking at Season 1, Episode 17, A Midwinter Night's Dream, in which Niles attempts to spice up his love life with Maris with disastrous results. So Key, this week, Fancy Dress takes a prominent role in the episode's plot. Now, don't worry, I'm not going to be so crude as to ask whether you have dressed up in the same <laughs> See, as Niles does in this episode. But I want to know what's the best fancy dress costume you've ever had, and are there any that you've always wanted to try? I was fully, fully expecting to. About, so, Kieran, what kind of role play have you ever done? Yeah, um, tell me about your foreplay. <laughs> oh, I'm dreadful for fancy dress. Um, mm. I'm, I'm one of those guys who just puts on a leather jacket and says that he's John Travolta. Oh, you're really kind of low effort. You don't like Although, to kind of push the boat out. Actually, one Halloween, um, Sean and I were supposed to go as like a, a couples thing. Yeah. Uh, we obviously we went. As Greece, and I went, Oh, yeah, you're, you're Danny and Sandy. And I went, No, Kanicki and um, the other <laughs> couple in Greece. Okay, I'm actually a big fan of Greece. Are you a fan of Greece? Love Greece, absolutely yeah. love Greece. I don't know what it is. I think it must be the Americana vibe, you know, that kind of high school 50s chrome diner aesthetic. But I'm a big fan, but I'm, I'm similar to you in that. Oh, there's what you just said about slipping a leather jacket on and simply just saying you're you're John Travolta. I remember a few years ago, probably about five years ago now, and I'm not I'm not uh, happy to admit this. I watched Rebel Without a Cause with James Dean and was obsessed with getting a red windbreaker like the one he has in the film. And I ordered some cheap piece of rubbish off eBay that's like it's it would cost me like twenty quid. I don't know what I was expecting to get. It literally looks like the slightest spark would send me up in flames instantly. It looks like a boiler suit. And I've had that in my drawer in the other room for 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 the whole time I bought it. I've never wore it. I'm just desperate for someone to have a fancy dress party so I can put white t shirt, blue jeans and throw that on and say I'm Jim Stark from Rebel Without a Cause. Um, I see all these really, really nice jackets and windbreakers. Uh, like, have you seen uh, Wish? You get all the adverts on like, Instagram. So, yeah, they're like that. bizarre adverts for like, thing, products I can't possibly describe or have seen in my dreams. And they have things like these really beautiful leather jackets and it's like £2.75. I'm like, yeah, Wish God, is a terrifying website. I just think we should steer clear of it. As by, yeah, Sometimes it's just like a picture of some kind of phallic-shaped object from <laughs> Vaseline. It's like... This, this life hack will save you 10 minutes on the score run or something. Just, yeah. I don't know what Wish is getting at or how it makes any money, but it is everywhere. Learning a lot about your internet history and what <laughs> advertising targets. Listen, I will. Wish will throw up into the algorithm whatever Wish wants to, okay? It's got nothing to do with me. <laughs> Are you ready to tuck yourself into Trivia Corner this week, Kay? I am indeed. Excellent. Well, I've got some questions from our one of our resident trivia masters, Corey, Mr. Chief Knight. Are you ready for his first? Bring it on. Okay. Niles claimed he was unable to cry at the funeral at which of Maris's relatives? Oh, I think I do know this. I think, is it her uncle... It is Uncle Lyle, a name forever associated with Lyle Lanley from... That's what I was about to say. Yeah, I cannot. I don't know any of the Lyles, but he's the (laughs) only Lyle I need in my life, I think. One out of three, Key, ready for question two? Okay, yeah. What three costume accessories did Niles bring with him to Fraser's apartment after Maris kicked him out? Very specific accessories he has. Okay, so the accessories, not like the outfit, I'm not describing clothes. Yeah, they're, they're accessories to the outfit. Okay, he had his dagger, I think. He did, yes, he had a knife. Oh, what else did he have? Um, did, did he have his eye patch? I know he, he mentioned it. He did that. have his eye patch. Okay, that's two. Um, There's one more, which I actually stupidly cannot remember seeing in the episode, but I trust 
Corey implicitly, so that I, you know, I do not doubt what he's put here, and it might trigger you your memory when I tell you. But any final guess for that third accessory? Oh, I'm trying to think, what does a pirate wear? Do they have like like earring, maybe? No, it's a hook. Oh, do we you... did have a. I think yeah. we did have a hook. Yeah. Do you remember seeing the hook? Because I cannot remember that. But I, yeah, as I say, I'm sure it must be there if he's put it in the question. But you remember the hook? Sure, I do. Now. I've already got. I, I genuinely kind of want to stop and go rewatch that scene now. <laughs> we um, get it up now. And I see. think you did have a hook. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you got two out of three there, Key, which is pretty impressive can you bring it home for the third okay. question which is possibly the hardest we'll see what type of couples therapy group did fraser suggest to niles oh okay a specific branch of psycho- psychology here that he suggests he goes down I, don't, I thought he just said like gross or intense therapy. I didn't think like I, th- a, I think um, he says that, and then he follows it up with "I know a something class" or "I know a something doctor." I can't quite remember the context, but he does use this word specifically. You're oh, gonna have to tap out. I think I am. All I've got is like intense therapy. That's all it's I remember. Roikian. Roikian. Oh, yes. You remember it now? Roikian oh, therapy. Yeah. A quick Google shows that it is a uh, refers to several schools of thought and therapeutic techniques whose common touchstone is their origin. Of Willem Wilhelm Reich uh, from kind of straddles the 18th and 19th centuries, uh, 19th and 20th centuries rather. I don't know what it consists of, and I don't want to go down that wormhole because it could probably put people to sleep. But uh, there you go, Reichian. I've I live I've just looked through my notes and I've just put um, R E I something. Oh, <laughs> so you, you had kind of you'd, you'd been pre- yeah you were aware that it was there, but you kind oh. of yeah. But no, thank you so much as always to Miss Chief Knight for those three excellent questions. Now, Key, it's that part of the podcast where we test each other with our own. Do you want to? Okay then. Um, so my first question. Hit me. Where did Niles and Maris buy the Glockenspiel? Ooh, I can only remember where he gets it from, where he was storing it in the house. Um, I'm gonna guess it's somewhere in Europe, just because that screams Niles and Maris. Um, I don't know why, but part of me wants to say Vienna. Vienna. Um, that, that, the way you said Vienna tells me I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> No, not Vienna. Um, not Vienna. Put me out of my misery. Zurich. I think, I think Zurich. they bought it on honeymoon in Zurich. <sighs> that, yeah, and because the, interestingly, that's like the second time. No, the first time. I'd fra- it's mentioned again in Frasier. Do you remember that famous bit where, I don't think we've seen it be- yet in our review, Martin and Daphne are doing that little fake role play on the elevator about like the cr- like the crimes they've supposedly yes, committed. They're like about how they killed the woman and buried her body and all that. Yeah, the woodchuck yes. and she says, you know, so-and-so got sloppy she never should have gone back to Zurich so clearly Zurich was on the writer's brains um, when Fraser was being written perhaps someone had a a second home there or something Um, but yeah Zurich good question Kurt you ready for mine Uh, yeah okay what colour is the folder Roz is holding in KACL when she's talking to Fraser? at the beginning uh, she has like a manila uh, envelope but what color is it an envelope or a folder <laughs> well, it's a, a manila envelope is kind of isn't that like the name for the folder type thing i've always uh, called them that it's like okay. that classic card kind of fold over thing you put like some loose documents in okay okay it's got one of those oh i'm no good at the visual gags <laughs> um, okay i'm gonna say blue blue is correct <laughs> <laughs> Jammy bastard, you've done it again. I was a complete guess. Well played. Well, you know, you've got to you've got to do the legwork if you're going to make a a good guess, and you've done it. So I was going to say red, and then you said envelope. I thought, oh, that's a bit ostentatious. Um, It is a red envelope. It's very ostentatious, actually. It's very Harry Potter esque red envelope. My second question. Let's go. What are the three signs of a woman in love? Oh, 
Daphne says this. She says, I'm already exhibiting the three signs of a woman in love. Oh, bugger. Bugger, bugger, bugger. Um, That's not it. <laughs> is it like increased heart rate? Are they... I think they're a little bit kind of stupid and frivolous and nonsensical. That's the point. Um, oh, God. I can hear the exact scene. I'm, okay. These aren't right. But I'm going to say increased heart rate. Um something about sweating and then maybe not being able to sleep properly i don't know those are my three okay they are all wrong <laughs> oh god um okay she can't stop thinking about him okay so she can't can't eat can't eat and she bought herself new underwear oh man i knew there was something about like clothing or underwear in there but i was like do i want to go there and, and look like i'm perving on daphne again which seems to be a recurring thing every episode <laughs> when the other way it looks like she's sweating a lot in this episode <laughs> oh man i'm really showing myself up here it's dreadful 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 okay question two okay what job does fraser suggest niles take up whilst dressed as the pirate Oh, there was quite, I mean, I know we, we spoke about sort of zingers earlier. I think there's, he say like you should be a, a busboy at the Jolly Roger. He does, that's exactly what I was looking for, busboy at the Jolly Roger. And the word busboy, which we don't really have in the UK, um, it's like, I guess they're just waiters. Uh, in Maybe something slightly different in America, they have waiters as well. But it always reminds me of, I don't know if you've seen the film Stand By Me. It's one of my favourite oh, yeah. films of all time, obviously based on a book by Stephen King. And this is from the from the book as well. And he basically, there's a line right at the end about friends coming out of your lives like busboys in a restaurant. That's always what I associate that term with. It's just a very, very beautiful film. So if anyone listening hasn't seen Stand By Me, I highly recommend you go and uh, seek it out. Your third question, Kay. Okay, my third and final question. Let's do um, it. What type of beans did Daphne buy? What type of beans? Say beans. I'm also meaning like what type of coffee? The coffee beans. Oh, this is so annoying because I was gonna, I was gonna ask you this, and because I chose, I, I decided not to. I didn't pay any attention to the. the, the <laughs> so she speaks to Eric. Do you want to? She buys well, two pounds. I don't want to say any of his of... lines yet. Two pounds of his. I don't want to say any of his lines yet because I'm saving them for later. Like special blend. Um. Two pounds of the Kenyan blend. Yeah, Kenya blend. Yes, yeah. I yeah. only only guessed that because it's it's in other episodes. I was going to say, I, I think we've um, I think he says it to uh, I think he says it, I think Fraser says it to Martin when Martin first moves in. I think I like my Kenya blend. And yeah, um, from Starbucks like, oh, or something, and then he's like, Daphne's chuck the eggshells in it. Oh man. Okay, thank God I got one because it just <laughs> was not looking good across your questions there. Okay, you ready for my last one, Kay? Okay, it was a queer, sultry summer, the summer they electrocuted the Rosenbergs, and I didn't know what I was doing in New York. That is the opening line to a very famous book that is referenced in this episode, though indirectly. Can you tell me what the book is and and who wrote it for a bonus point? Oh, okay. I'm just thinking they the Rosenbergs were spy. Spies, weren't they? Um, they were. They were spies. Thinking they got electrocuted maybe late 40s, early 50s? I wouldn't know for certain, but that sounds right to me. It was um, definitely around the mid-20th. Basically, what I'm doing right now, Will, is I'm trying to look clever because I have no idea of the answer. <laughs> um, I've got no, no clue. I'm no clue. clue. It is The Bell Jar by Sylvia Plath. Oh, I, I heard it yeah, referenced. I didn't know what it was. It's just referenced because they say, Noel says he and Maris bought a Bell jar that was owned by sylvia plath which is just a bizarre throwaway because i don't know if she actually ever owned a bell jar she's obviously famous for writing a book called the bell jar her only ever novel but yeah it's also just quite a famous opening line in its own right it's quite good 
Um, I think the book is, like a lot of Plath's poetry, very depressing. What's the book about? Uh, I, no I genuinely idea. don't know. I think it's kind of semi-autobiographical about like a, a you know a girl kind of unlucky in love, kind of alienating a strange in an urban environment, potentially suicidal. I don't know, but I feel like it borrowed a lot from Plath's own kind of personal issues. Obviously, she killed herself famously. So yeah, probably not a great book to be reading during lockdown is what I <laughs> what I would say for that. It's got um, off to a very cheery start this episode. <laughs> in fact, yeah, in fact, on that note, let's get into the review of the episode. Um, that was an excellent trivia corner, Key. You've, as always, outplayed me, so well done, sir. Animation Watch this week. We've discussed this before we went on air. Do you want to say what the animation was this week after you horribly said that you don't care what they are for a few <laughs> weeks ago? <laughs> Never know. I've become really pedantic and joking. Um, is it lift going up? It is a lift going up the space needle, a little light going up the space needle. This one gets used quite a lot in the early season from what I seem to recall. But yeah, I mean, the Space Needle, is this the kind of place you would go to if you were visiting Seattle for the first time? Or are you a bit of a avoid the tourist hotspot kind of guy? Generally speaking, if I go to a city, I'm probably going to try and avoid the tourist hotspot. Yeah. To the places that people, you know, like seventh or eighth on the list, that it's still got a lot of history, but it's not that popular. Yeah, you're not going to be like, um, queuing for hours to get on it kind of thing. That said, I think if I went to Seattle, I'd go to this. I think I'd do like a Fraser tour and try and... Yeah. Go to the that, things that are that'd featured. Be so good. If you could get like the monorail that they use on um on the one thousandth show on when it's Fraser Crane Day. I'm, if I I could be wrong here, but I'm fairly certain there's a like ro- I don't know if it rotates, but there's a restaurant at the top of the Space Needle. I presume that's extremely exclusive and 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 like the Empire Club in Fraser probably very expensive and hard to get into. But that would be if you had the money to burn. I think that would be something I'd have to do. I'm a bit like you, try to avoid the hot spots, but uh, I'd go there. Um. So when this episode begins, we're in Novosa. The coffee count, I should say, for this episode, although one coffee is ordered we don't ever see niles drink it so i have not included it on the coffee counts we're still at 21 but this is the first time i think we get a real complicated order from niles which obviously becomes a recurring gag can you remember any of his order at this point because it's it's there's so much in my head all those different words and adjectives he uses i can't remember what he actually asks for at all it's again i start what i did when i was making notes i started to make a note of it and then just gave up because david did you Hyper, think i was going to question you on it i did i thought you were like what's the fourth thing <laughs> that is the kind of like yeah horrible kind of yeah to catch you out the kind of thing i would do no um, it was a, a cappuccino and like, there was something to do with like, foam because he makes a joke about like the mustache yes and he does bits in between that i definitely missed whispers of cinnamon maybe i know cinnamon comes back or maybe a whisk a hint of nutmeg something like that i mean I'm I'm not a bit. We've spoken about coffee before. I'm not a big believer in these these fancy schmancy coffees. Um, I just like it. I like quite a lot of milk in my coffee these days, but I can also drink it black. So for Americans listening, they're probably balked at the idea that I have milk in it. I know they like their their black coffee, but yeah, actually really good. Not to sound like Fraser here because this is literally something he says in a, in another episode. But there was a great article in the New Yorker uh, last week about coffee and Americans' relationship with coffee, which I really recommend people seek out. Um, but yeah, I mean, so we have at this point, Daphne comes in and there is incredible sudden chemistry and flirting between her and Eric, the, the waiter taking Fraser and Niles' order. What are your impressions of Eric here? Because I've got a lot of comments about Eric and I want to hear your perspective on Eric the Red. I really like Eric, actually. I mean, I- 
don't like him later on, but in this scene, I love a man who is that capable of flirting whilst just working around coffins. So like, brazen as well. He just doesn't <laughs> care. He just the way he chucks the towel at Frasier when he's like, We've got us we've got a spill here or something. Honestly, he yeah, I completely agree with you. He he knows what he's doing, but also does this give you a bit of a creepy vibe that he's such a smooth operator? This isn't his first rodeo, shall we say? I mean, that is not your first time flirting over yeah. coffee. He's a man who's he's been there and done that, hasn't he? And I feel like because they're working on tips here, perhaps it's part of his shtick in Nervosa. Even though it's not really that kind of establishment where you would you'd have to pander for your tips. You know, Fraser and Niles, I think, tip quite generously. But um some of the lines he comes out with here, they're hilarious, but they're they're horrible in every way. Do you like to step over to the counter and try my special blend? I'd love to. It's probably my most hated line of the entire first season of Frasier because Special Blend just conjures up the most horrific images <laughs> of, uh, <laughs> of Eric the Red. And Daphne as well. She's given as good as she gets here because she says, Not me. I like something that holds its body on my tongue. Niles is like spilling his coffee as she says that. I mean, you know, Daphne's loving this as well. And, you know, she even says she's caught up with a nickname for him, which, which I think is remarkable considering she's known him for 20 seconds. And she thinks he looks like a Viking. I just, do you, when you first saw this, if you can even remember that way back when, did you ever think, oh, here's a potential serious relationship about to unfold? Or did you just think this is going to end badly because of how hot it starts out? I think I just wrote it off as just a one scene sort of thing, to be honest mm, with you. I think you didn't think we'd see Eric again. I think we see the actor, don't we? It's the same actor as in it. Um, I, you can't tell a crook by its cover. Is he the one who said, oh, the Topaz room? I thought they shut that place down. It's the yeah, same. I forgot. Right. Actually, yeah, he's and is he the one who um he he kind of he's part of a gag in an earlier episode even before that where you know someone says how could he ask a question like that or how could he ask me that and he says I'm a waiter yeah it's my job I'm a waiter I think that's him as well no I I never saw it like I don't come back I don't think ever saw this as oh Eric could become a, a running running character in that sense of his relationship with Daphne mm. um, yeah he's I don't know what I don't know what my vibe is of Eric I mean do we see him after this episode I mean obviously we don't want to I don't want to be premature we haven't even watched the next episode yet as part of this rewatch but I can't remember if he, he sticks around or if this is like the time where the writers are like okay let's get another wait a waiter or waitress in because I know by the end of season one the dominant waitress is the 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 woman with black hair who serves Fraser his coffee in the end of my coffee with Niles. So obviously they bring her in instead of Eric. But yeah, he's a, he's a funny one. We have a great line from Niles here. And this is an inaugural quote for our new segment on the show. Corey, my mischief knight, our quiz master, basically came up with the idea because I was asking on Reddit for some new segments, new bits that we could do, um, anything to kind of build the show and, and just keep it, keep it fresh. He came up with the idea of You Just Got Burned, named after the Tales from the Crypt episode of Frasier, where me and you, Key, we pick our favorite zinger from the uh, or one liner or insult from the show um from that from this episode this week and mine is definitely niles at this point the man has community college written all over him i just think it is so snobby and elitist and horrible but also just a fantastic line from niles it's so niles isn't it you it just, is it- his character all over. I absolutely love it. I, I I don't really know how community college works in kind of the grander scheme of education in America, but obviously there's an entire sitcom about it called Community that was wildly popular, which I've only seen a few episodes of. I hear is generally good. Are you, you a big fan of Community? I'm a huge fan. Yeah, they, they, I thought you were. I don't know yeah. why. Um, it ran for six seasons and it tails off badly towards the end. It really oh, does lose its no. way. 
the first three or four seasons phenomenal Absolutely really phenomenal. i don't know what yeah. it was the episodes i've seen i never just i didn't love any of the characters but i don't know i probably need to need to stick with it maybe give it another whirl because I'm, I'm i'll watch any american sitcom to be honest i'm i'm not fussy but yeah, uh, I, I, I definitely well if you want to watch just one episode to see how good it can be they did um in both season one and season two they did episodes around paintball oh yeah um, i've heard they're really good paintballing episodes yeah, yeah i've heard they just they, really they do a few episodes where they really kind of push the boat out as well like is one maybe stop motion or something or there is yeah yeah, yeah. It's just, i like that it's quite meta as a show and it's mm. not afraid to acknowledge that it's a show and and with that quite a lot so it, it's really launched a few a few careers to be honest um the one who played um troy um is it yeah donald, donald glover. glover yeah, yeah. always think danny glover i don't like that <laughs> yeah um, i mean childish gambino danny uh, donald glover he's um super huge now and I, I don't know if he had a rapping career before community took off or whether it, that kind of yeah as you say i think it i think, I think it launched him as, as, he, as he said so yeah like and alison breeze in it as well and yeah. she's in loads of stuff now and, so, um, yeah. I know Gillian Jacobs has been in a few things. She played Britta. Yes, um, she had a yes. show on Netflix called Love, which I don't think was really good. But <laughs> she was in a show. So. She was in a show. So yeah, Community is one I should uh, I should go and check out. Great line from Nas at this point. Just I, I just think this is a really good episode in that it really, de- obviously later on, but even at this point, it develops Nas, Nas and Daphne's relationship loads compared to every episode before it. And also, is this the first time that really Frasier like, openly talks about his infatuation with Niles' infatuation with Daphne to him because the way he confronts him with him in Nervosa it's almost like up to that point it was always like they were kind of gesturing toward it kind of skirting around the edges and then he just comes out and says it you know what is this infatuation with Daphne you've got is it misdirected angst you have over Maris or something I just think this is like really striking in how quickly it develops both all those relationships I, I really like this actually because so often in sitcoms we see that you know maybe one character has a crush on the other and it's just played for gags mm. but in real life if you knew someone who was married in a long-term relationship you would be think you would be asking these questions like what's going on you know is everything okay and all this sort of thing so i really like it's quite it's, it's very real, I think, this scene with not just Asia sort of asking the question, but also Niles admitting that they've sort of ended up in this sort of bland relationship and that they do need to spice things up a little bit. Yeah, and I just think, as we've talked about in previous weeks, this is such a good example of how Frasier can flip from comedy to, to pathos and seriousness in, in literally a line, because it goes from that great interaction about community college and him slagging off Eric the Red to Frasier just flipping it and saying, you know, Niles, you've clearly got very deep roots issues with your marriage it's time to confront those um and just i just think yeah as you say i really like this because of how seriously and kind of grown up the approach it takes to these things we have like frazier's suggestion to Niall that they spice things up sexually or as Niall says boudoir wise which i think just about to point out that needs to come back into fashion (laughs) boudoir wise i mean the word boudoir alone does not get thrown around half as much as it probably did in the 19th century i imagine the last time that had its uh, heyday but yeah just obviously this leads to the next scene in frazier's apartment Niall's takes frazier's advice 
almost to a kind of faulting letter here and he comes so dressed just, as a pirate. Sorry, what are you going to say? I was thinking we've got a scene in between that um, with Roz and Frasier. Oh, God, yeah, I completely ACL. missed that out of my notes. You uh, you take the lead on that one. Okay, so obviously the next day, we, we basically, Frasier speaks to Roz at KCL about how she keeps relationships, you know, spicy. And, yes. Um, I sound like Niles now, don't I? Sex like, expert. <laughs> you do how, a bit how, how it not. is in the boudoir, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we do get this great line from Roz of, you know, what, what do you do when the heat goes out of the relationship and get dressed and go home? Yeah. I love that line. She has so many little one-liners like that. Like, there's a different episode where she her mantra is like, you know, dinner at whatever, blah, 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 and home by Letterman, obviously about David Letterman. And I just think, yeah, she has all these little mantras she lives her life by. And she's just, she's just a great role model for, like, freedom and liberation, I think, just the way she lives her life. Um, also, I really like her story as well about how her and her boyfriend went to a bar and needed to be strangers <laughs> and next time he went home with someone else. I just think... Yeah, yeah then she's like, oh, no, yeah, he, she was gorgeous. If I'd had a bit more <laughs> to drink, I'd have gone home with her. And like, something interesting here is there was uh, someone on Twitter tweeted Perry Gilpin the other day with a still from the auction episode. I think it might be a might have been IQ um, where that really attractive woman like bids on dinner with Rob and then she Roz basically asks her to keep bidding so Noel doesn't get it and the woman is clearly attracted to Roz and so she she keeps going because she wants to go out of Roz and someone tweeted Perry Gilbin saying I can't believe we never saw this relationship happen you know I would have loved to have seen Roz go go through with it and Perry Gilbin just put well you don't actually ever see Roz say no and everyone was like oh no way you know does this mean <laughs> off off camera that she went on the date so just like a nice little kind of yeah a nice continuity with, with what you just mentioned uh, but yeah i really love this exchange between ross and frazier frazier is going to her as always for kind of life advice about you know the other sex which i just think is handled really well back at frazier's apartment niles arrives dressed as a pirate as has already been established and is like famous in the lore of frazier i love the uh, well there's a few lines i love here firstly I thought his his scimitar, his knife slash blade, it's rather short. Which is that meant to be like a Freudian visual gag? Do we think? Possibly, yeah. Possibly. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you noticed this, but I just thought it, when it was in his waistband, I was like, it didn't look like a, it didn't come down curving past his thigh like a good pirate sword should. It was very, uh, it was very kind of yeah, protracted and small. Then we have the brilliant line about how he was found by the the maid in the linen closet. Is it still an eye patch? if you're wearing it on your then Fraser shouts stop I mean kudos to Niles here for managing to secure an eye patch to his manhood because I don't think that's an easy feat I'd be terrified I'd say I'd be absolutely <laughs> terrified, terrified. Of, of like putting an eye patch on it I just I think that you know you'd be just about to put it on and then it'd snap back and it's <laughs> painful yeah I think elastic around <laughs> the, uh, the the privates is yeah you're playing a dangerous game you're playing with fire we have at this point one of my favourite deliveries from the episode when Niles says well, she began screaming what I gather were some very unflattering things in idiomatic Guatemalan <laughs> which is just such a wonderful phrase to, to say out loud like just that it just it sounds lovely and it's brilliant it's just kudos again to the writing because it's just he could have he could have said anything at this point oh she was swearing in in Spanish or whatever but you know he doesn't they don't go for that they go for idiomatic Guatemalan which is just a line you could not imagine existing on any other show at the time I I love that Niles isn't sure. He's, you know, I gather it was under Patrick. Yeah, she could have been <laughs> shouting anything. I mean, she might have loved what she saw. 
was like propose, you know, propositioning Niles in the linen closet. I, I think when he when he says like the next line, how he barely had time to grab my pantaloons and buckle my swash. I don't know if, if you thought this, or maybe you will retrospectively when I kind of say this now, but really reminded me of like Hugh Laurie and like classic British farce. Like the way he says those lines, you know, buckle my swash. Like he almost sounds British. And like he kind of does this little kind of, you know, haughty look of, you know, I don't know what the kind of look is, but he kind of... But now looking back, now you've said it. Because as soon as you said that, I thought of his like little haughty sort of... Yeah. I think he sort of shuffles sort of side to side as he says it slightly. Yeah, and... it's hard to describe his body language. It kind of really reminded me of like Hugh Laurie in, in something, you know. I, I, I don't know what. I haven't really watched much Jeeves and Worcester or a bit of Fry and Laurie, etc. But I've always loved Hugh Laurie. For many ways, very similar to Niles, actually. Like he's he's always been quite he's well educated, a little bit posh, but not like in a in a in a negative way. But like a really good pianist, you know, musician as well. So he's a bit like a, a bit like a real life British Niles in some respects. So always liked Hugh Laurie. Then Fraser gets out his fancy linen for for Niles, who's sleeping over because obviously Maris has kicked him out for dressing up as the pirate. I was going to ask you questions about what Fraser gets out of the linen closet here. And I just love Martin's line. You know, I still think two years on the service would have done you two a world of good. Um, I absolutely love Martin in this scene. I just love <laughs> his whole reaction, the way he's laughing at him, and the way, you know, he, he tells his own little embarrassing story about getting locked out. Went, Don't worry, I won't be telling anyone that this year. It's <laughs> such a good, funny dad response to your son making an idiot of himself it is yeah like just the whole the way he reacts to Niles kind of showing up at first like seeing him like Niles what the hell's going on when he's like just come out of his room um but I mean it is yeah it's just it's comforting to have someone there laughing whilst Fraser and Niles take themselves so seriously and this is just the linen that he gets out of a Niles is just one of the many references to Fraser's extremely expensive Egyptian silks or whatever he gets out he, um, I think he gets I've got a script in front to me oh, I, read it out we are uh, a canadian goose down pillow canadian egyptian pillow. cotton sheets a nice vacuna throw in case wow. you get chilly in the night what is a vacuna throw do you have any I idea no, i mean i could be pronouncing that completely wrong <laughs> i have no idea i do you, do you own any any fancy linens or throws key in your in your current abode in your current boudoir <laughs> <laughs> i think it's fair to say the answer is no um <laughs> I likewise here, but Frasier makes owning these stupid things seem so great. Like just the fact that he can go to a cupboard and get them out. Whereas if I go to my linen cupboard, it's just old beach towels I've owned for about <laughs> twenty years. And if someone comes around my house during a time of marriage crisis, that's what they're getting—a beach towel um, to <laughs> lie on the sofa with. Not okay. Interesting bit here. Niall says how he doesn't cry. We talk. We talked about it with the quiz earlier in trivia corner about the uh, Uncle Lyle's Lyle. funeral. Yeah, but just obviously they set this up for a joke later when 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 Eric when Daphne and Eric come back and uh, he starts crying then. But does that not just strike you as a bit tonally wrong? Even if it's just setting up the crying later, it's still making a pretty huge claim about Niles. I mean, what I will say about this, and it's partly done by something I saw you tweet around the same time I was watching this. <laughs> yeah, I I don't like this joke to be honest, just because I think it's a la- bit of a lazy joke. Yeah, because that that whole joke about him not crying is just 
for a joke that's 30 seconds later and Daphne's yeah. going to walk in the door. And it doesn't really work because we, like, from Niles' persona, I imagine he cried quite a lot growing up. Mm-hmm. And I know for a fact he cries later on because the same time I was watching this, he tweeted um, a meme or, of, I don't know what the kids are calling it these days. Yeah, but meme is pretty, pretty accurate. <laughs> it was um, of Niles reading from, like, his diary saying, I'm 35, woke up, literally unaware, something's different, but what? <laughs> Well, yes, it's hit me. But it's a bit hard to read. I, I wept uncontrollably for 30 minutes. I'm hungry and I had Frosties. Um, They're great. <laughs> exactly. um, yeah, so we know he cries then, which I think that, that doesn't actually come that long down the line because it's about the divorce, I think, at some point. It's either about the divorce or about Daphne and, and Donna, but I'm fairly certain it's about the divorce with, with Maris. But yeah, so I, I completely agree with you. I don't like this line because Niles is definitely someone who cries. Him and Frasier are just like very sensitive. That's that's part of their characterization, And obviously Obviously, it works because he cries later, even though I've never really got a lot out of him kind of crying when Daphne and, and Eric say goodbye. That doesn't make me laugh as much as just make me think, Nas, you're pathetic. But, you know, maybe that's the point. We're meant to see him as a little bit of a, a little bit spineless and pathetic at some po- at some parts of the uh, early seasons, because obviously he has a lot of growth the joke, as a character. I think you know the joke is coming. Yeah. From the moment he says it to and the moment you Daphne is at the door, you just you're waiting for it. And for me, oh, I think so. Yeah. Okay. But you can see him hunched in the, on the sofa and you just think, yeah, he's going to start crying there. Like, yeah, I completely agree with you. It's kind of telegraphed very early um, in the episode. Eric, I've just put another bullet point. Personally cannot see what Daphne sees in him. <laughs> Maybe a bit harsh, but I wrote that, you know, when I watched the episode. He's not like, you know, he's not George Clooney, is he? In and then the there was me. Mark. Me writing down, he could be a Hemsworth brother. You put he could be a Hemsworth brother. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've got to draw the line here, mate. He's, he's, like not, he's not exactly George Clooney. Here. <laughs> and the only bit of his personality we know about is, one, he's in a band, which can be a massive red flag flag if he's if the first date of a woman he's like come and see my band at a club it seems a little self-involved for my tastes you know i don't know i, I would be wary if i was in a band inviting a girl to come and see me because it gives off some some pretty egotistical vibes but he's just all we know about him is he loves to make very thinly veiled gags about his special blend <laughs> and i just think how much can we really trust this man Niles obviously loses loses it over breakfast about eric and he's like i'll oh, just shut up about Eric or I can't can't remember specifically what he says but he just absolutely loses it at this point and you know what I, I'm on Niles' side here I wouldn't want to sit around listening to Daphne go on about Eric the Red it gets on my nerves fact about Eric the Red I um I just typed Eric the Red in on Google because I thought I'm <laughs> All saying he's not Hemsworth, brother. I think he is. Okay. And interestingly, Eric the Red, um, described in medieval and Icelandic saga sources as having founded the first settlement in Greenland. He founded the first settlement in Greenland. So Eric the Red truly was a Viking. There was a yep. Wow. Yes. And the fact that Daphne has knowledge of that, like when she comes up with the nickname, Daphne does not strike me as someone well versed in Viking myth. <laughs> but you know they're. There we are. Don't say you you don't learn anything on this podcast, right? Exactly. Please don't. Don't ever say that because this is also a history of the Vikings podcast this week. I know you've just said about um, Miles having a a bit of a go at Daphne about her going on about Eric. When I heard this, I actually thought it was going to be the episode where sort of they end end up having a bit of a blazing row with one another. Miles quite likes it and then tries to make her snap at him. Oh, yeah. 
happens in an episode and i thought the first time this happened i thought we were going to see that sort of recurring thing throughout the episode and then realized i can't remember what episode that is actually how far along down the line is that can you remember it might be a couple of seasons away to be honest um but yeah no interesting kind of vibe anyway yeah i i know exactly the scene you're talking about and it's like very interesting psychologically about what it says about the relationship and particularly about niles and his sub you know submissiveness obviously the the plot of this of this episode from this point onwards is Daphne says she can prepare some food at Maris's and Niles's mansion and you know to kind of ease the ease the tension between the two cook a nice romantic meal so she accompanies Niles during a, a storm which I've got plenty to say about because as we've well established on this on this podcast I love rain they go back to Maris's and Niles's mansion here there is a double title card before this I don't know if you notice this I can't think of a time where there is also a double title card by which I mean they show one title card then another one which is like the punchline can you remember what they say okay the first one was about it being like a storm yeah it was a dark and stormy night the archetypal terrible story opening don't remember the second one the second one just says no really (laughs) which is like obviously you know they're playing on the fact that it's a massive cliche but i just yeah i before when i wrote this down this is before fraser's line about how gothic it is and how all he needs is someone shouting heathcliff on the moors reference to wuthering heights but yeah i love everything about this scene the fact it's like the gothic mansion the fact that it's raining which it does quite a bit on Fraser anyway which always just works really well but what do you kind of make of the set design of of their mansion because it's like it's it's really opulent like Fraser's apartment obviously it's completely different style wise in terms of set design I actually if I had to live at either Fraser's house or Niles's house I think I'd live at Niles's I think wow, it's just it's a big claim I think it's just really really it's nice it's it just it feels like very eagle yeah I, I really like that it's got a big aristocratic vibe I mean when obviously I don't want to jump ahead too much but when he moves to the Montana would you prefer the Montana to Fraser's apartment Oh, um, in his apartment, it's taking Fraser's place for granted just because I've seen it so much. Yeah, it's familiar, so almost like it's lost its novelty a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. And I think if you give me Fraser's place once, I'd really, really like it. Yeah. I feel it's just become Fraser's place. The Montana's great, but it's huge. And I just think it's too big, like for not only for him on his own, but even for two people. Like, I think it needs at least like a family of five or six living in a place the size of the Montana. It's just absolutely gigantic. That front room, obviously, they have the set design anyway, but it's just absolutely bloody massive. Fraser's apartment is like obviously massive by, you know, modern apartments and city standards, but it's a lot more manageable space. I think uh, Fraser's place works as sort of a, a bachelor pad. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Good. So Niles brings the glockenspiel down at this point, which you've already said he got from Zurich. The fact that he's got this from out of the loft and he kind of brought it down to remind Maris of like simpler times and happier days. There's a lot of pathos in that. I think it's such a really nice thing he does. Like to, it's just a little trinket that he brings down to remind Maris of you know when they were happier together. And the fact that it doesn't play music anymore. It's just really sad. Um, and obviously, again, though, it is a great, it's just setting up a fantastic joke later in the episode when Daphne famously says, Dr. Crane, your glockenspiel has sprung to life. Just Niles' general kind of vibe in this house, like he knows where everything is and he kind of feels safe there. And that's obviously the big running gag, um, or I should say just like something they focus on in an episode down the line where he goes to sign the divorce papers. He has that beautiful moment where he thinks about all the times he played Marla on the piano whilst Maris sat dabbing at her watercolours. Just, yeah, he's the way Niles interacts in that space. 
he actually feels like he belongs for for once. And we're so used to seeing him awkward in spaces where he doesn't, you know, in Nervosa, he's dusting down a chair in Fraser's apartment. He never quite knows where to sit. Um, so it's nice to see him in kind of his own native environment, I think. I mean, as you said about the the glockenspiel, I really do love the way that David Hyde Pierce delivers the line. It used to play beautiful music, and now it doesn't. That's yeah. I, just, I, don't, I don't know what it is, but there's something about that delivery. I just I think it's very human. I just really, really like the way he, he just puts it across. It's quite blunt. It's very emotive, and I really, really like that. Absolutely. Completely agree. Um, it is very blunt. It is it's very emotive. So much pathos in, in kind of the object itself, but yeah, in the way he delivers that line. And obviously, the whole running thing at the moment with this scene is that it's it's storming outside. There's thunder, there's lightning. We have the bit where all the power goes out. <laughs> Daphne says, what are we going to do? And Niles puts his finger to his lip. It's just like amazing. Like the way he kind of almost looks at the camera as if to say, you know, hmm, what are we going to do? I wonder. I can't, I've put on my bullet points here just to dwell on rain again. I cannot imagine a cozier place than Fraser's apartment in the rain. Like seeing it come down over the city from the vantage point of his, of his like, you know, penthouse or almost penthouse, being that close to the lightning. I just love the fact they've used the rain and thunderstorms in this episode just just a really frivolous point i mean you can if you've got anything to say on that by all means do but you, know, you don't um, have to dwell on it but i just love I'm like you. i love being in the warm when it's chucking it down it's the best it is the best now i in terms of this scene i, I just i really like we see a more confident side of niles mm. he's a, i think he's a bit more out there with daphne and i think that does come from the fact that he's in his home he feels like on his own territory maybe a little bit which is something we don't see much with niles yeah um yeah i really like that and i i just it's 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 just it's it's the development, isn't it, of their relationship, and it's the first time we stop. It really is that push on. I think from what we've seen in the early episodes of just he's got a bit of a crush, and that's it. I yeah, think like lines like you know, it's forward. Bu- yeah, yeah, like lines like it's burning with the heat of a thousand suns or something like. I mean, like <laughs> the great line when she comes down dressed in the in the frilly nightgown. He's like, "Well, I thought you were going to get something bulky from her wool collection." Obviously, the fact is, you know, she looks in, in kind of gothic terms, ravishing denials here at this point. Just, I, I love their interaction between the two of them. The way they're lying, like she's on the on the on the floor and he's like, propped up next to her. It almost looks like a kind of gothic painting in many in many regards. I think think it's set up really well here, but also. Just the fact that how does Daphne not notice when Niles leans in to kiss her and she opens her eyes and he's literally an inch from her face and yet all she jokes about is the glockenspiel. She doesn't even register the fact that he's there. And I just think, I know they're playing on the fact that it's meant to be dramatic irony. She never sees it. We as the audience see it. Sometimes they push that a little too far, I think, in terms of believability because he's literally hovering over her, (laughs) ready to plant one on her. And it's just, yeah. Um, But I, I love that whole choreography between the two and yeah as you say it kind of develops their um their relationship really well there's just wanted to dwell on this one one throwaway tangent here when frazier is being left a voicemail or someone's leaving a voicemail at frazier's the fact that eddie's staring at the phone and he's on like the chair and he's on the table staring at the phone i don't think we ever see eddie in that kind of like position again like he i, I can't remember the last time i ever saw anyone looking at the phone like that but it's like a really unique camera shot it's a really unique setup for eddie the way he's leaning on the table like that and i just love the fact that frazier's voicemail says 
I'm listening. I mean, I don't have a voicemail. I don't know if you do, but I should probably record one and put that as my own. I'm listening. I think what this scene does so well for me is that we only do we start to see the amazing chemistry between um, Jane and David High Pierce and just as as a couple in alone in the room together because we've not really seen scenes just the two of them um, so far. And I think we see what their chemistry could be and it it plays off so nicely. But I love the fact that we have what for them is probably a bit more of a romantic, romantic setting uh, compared to the comedy of Fraser and Martin, you know, with them arguing about Roosevelt and whether it's it's faster in rain <laughs> or sun. Yeah, I love that. I don't know if it's because they're on about the rain or it's just the, the idiomatic names like Roosevelt for a road. But yeah, no, I completely agree. I think you just said actually a really good observation from Corey, Mischief Knight, over on the Reddit about this is that Fraser seems to know an awful lot about his BMW at this point, how it handles, blah, blah, blah. Even though obviously motor skills an episode way 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 down the line in the series he knows nothing about his car because he can't fix the engine he can't he can barely open the bonnet he opens the boot by mistake or the trunk for american listeners and the hood not the bonnet (laughs) but uh yeah like the fact that he seems to know a lot about his bmw at this point and the the fact he doesn't have the all-weather tires on that martin told him to get just a really yeah really good i didn't actually know this but i saw it on the kacl transcript i've not watched the graduate though i've meant to watch it for ages and apparently the shot of Frasier running up to the door in the lightning in the rain and hammering on the glass is a reference to something from the end of The Graduate. I hope that's not a spoiler for anyone, but I mean, I'm, I'm not too bothered and I've not seen it, so I will at some point. Um, well, yeah, I know pretty the graduate. Cool. Am I right in thinking Graduate has the very famous ending with the song um, Lifts Me Up Where I Belong or You Lift Me Up Where I Belong and he carries her? Very potentially, I wouldn't be able to say. Having, I've no, All I know about it is the shot where he's in the back of the wedding car, Dustin Hoffman, and she's in the dress and obviously Simon and Garfunkel Mrs. Robinson on the soundtrack which is like one of my favourite songs of all time but yeah could could well be some homework for us to go away and watch The Graduate but yeah so Fraser gets here Fraser arrives um, great kind of just interaction between them all because Daphne's like horrified to think that Fraser would ever think Niles would cheat on Maris with her not even the fact that like she just seems oblivious to the fact they were so intimate and close to doing it and you know she looks like she does and the lighting is how it is just yeah great interaction between the two and i would be terrified if i saw fraser hammering on the window it is, it's quite a sight is it against the it backdrop is. of the lightning and the rain it's terrifying um, from your perspective niles just cheated on maris he's gonna kiss her yeah this is the thing it's it's all about like the the psychology of our thoughts the same as actions and is an action an action if it doesn't you know the fact that it doesn't ever actually happen and the fact that Daphne's oblivious to it is it almost like he it's really hard is it almost like a real strong fantasy that's take that's playing out and the fact that it doesn't materialize or come to proper fruition is it the same I don't know I'm I'm inclined to say yes he basically has cheated on it because the intention's there and if Daphne had been willing he would 100% have gone through with it. So, um, but obviously, whether he, they would have gone on to uh, to have sex after kissing is is a whole other back, back kettle of fish. But I mean, what, what's your take on that? Me, I think the fact that he has like his little schoolboy fantasy, probably okay. I think the fact that he leans into kisser, yeah, it's it's sketchy. Me, that's the moment you're like, oh, go on, oh son, no. Yeah. It's actually a really it builds it up quite nicely all the way through. Get about Maris, or, or all you're thinking about is how much Niles loves Daphne and. Therefore, must not really care about Maris, but you get this sort of really nice line, I think, from um, from Niles. Love is a funny thing, isn't it? Sometimes it's 
exciting and passionate, and sometimes it's something else. Something comfortable and familiar. There's a lot of pro- profound stuff rattling around in, in amongst those funny lines. I mean, that's kind of all of my all of my bullet points and notes. If you before we jump over to listener mail, have you got any kind of final comments about the episode? I will say is looking back at this episode, what it made me start to think is I feel like so far we've not seen much of Roz. No, um, we really haven't actually. Like I felt like we saw way more of her maybe the first five episodes than we have now. Like she really hasn't bolted on as a as a main cast member yet, has she? And I mean, in this episode, I've just counted she has eight lines wow um, i guess yet- it's just because yeah they really wanted to amp up the nars and daphne vibe in this ep but yeah i mean Roz is 100 percent. you know she's the fifth cast member she is you know the the other maid so they definitely haven't got to got to where they want to be with her yet and at this stage i'm wanting to see her more i think you know whenever she is in it it's funny and you i think at the stage as a listener as a as a um i was watching this for the first time be thinking okay well i'll, I'll be pushing Roz a bit more and giving her a little bit more screen time than perhaps she's been given so far but aside from that really really nice to see the development of Miles and daphne um yeah yeah and interesting to look back on five seasons ahead see how it you know we see that development and, and that progression yeah no absolutely um very neatly put there key to summarize the air and i completely agree about Roz. um i really want to see a bit more a bit more of her and just generally kcl again because we did talk about you know a lot of the episodes starting with that and then kcl dropping off again and so yeah great progression for Nars and daphne in this episode but no let's let's hope we get a little bit more Roz action uh going forward Okay, so in terms of listener mail this week over on the subreddit, a few little things to read out. A user by the name of A2DABX. I don't know how I go about pronouncing that. It sounds like if anyone listening is aware of Ellen, Elon Musk and Grimes' child that was born this week, he has a very okay. similar name that is completely unpronounceable. Um, but they commented on the Podbean website looking for a Fraser community and we sent them in the direction of the subreddit and they finally found it and they put I'm so glad to have found the page finally I always felt like the only person who enjoyed Fraser or who falls asleep to it every night so excited to interact with other fans I'm listening to every episode and have turned a few friends onto it as well although they mostly listen to the excellent banter between the hosts I'm not making this up that's actually what was their case so you know take a bow my friend keep up the good work and I'll try and devise some devilish trivia questions thanks again for putting this together so really lovely comment there how do you feel key to know that you have excellent banter it's crazy i can't believe it it is crazy one week we're getting told we have nice voices which is so not true then then one week we're told we've got good banter so yeah Um, the part of me that just thinks my mom has made 50 reddit accounts (laughs) she's very much on the ball here making sure her son feels affirmed in his podcast ventures fenny lalane or lalanine i can't remember phenol lalane the name of the chemical um i don't know how you say that but her name was Teresa, who we've mentioned a few weeks ago she put listening right now i think the scary bald lady from tv from the call last week is susan powder she says i remember her from the 90s infomercials and we did have an inkling it was from an infomercial um so susan powder is the is the person the scary bald headed lady is referring to and i think that is everything over on the oh i've just i've just noticed uh, my coffee with niles again has commented a day ago and this didn't 
pop up in my inbox. So this is the first time I've read it, so I'll read it out now. He put, I love all the Daphne and Niles episodes. I could make a top 10 with those alone. Thanks for carrying on the trivia corner tradition while I'm buried in research papers, textbooks, and final exams. Good news is I finished this week. Then you should all expect some more contributions. On a side note, it's not exactly a trivia question, but if anybody can name the piece that Niles' glockenspiel plays when it springs to life, I will love you forever. It's my favourite piece of music ever from my favourite composer ever. And I was so delighted when I heard it appear in this episode just one of those little details that always makes me smile i've got the name here key do you know what the piece is if you did i will literally send you a hundred pound oh no i really really wish i knew <laughs> i feel i feel bad for coffee because I, I don't know but i do agree that it is absolutely beautiful piece um, it I, mean, is. I could listen it, to it it's, was... it it's really sweet it's it's chopin's heroic polonaise in a flat major opus 53 um chopin i would only really listen to kind of the nocturnes and the, the piano pieces but I will go away and listen to that because if it's good enough for coffee, it is good enough for me and you. I think we can safely say that. Next week, we'll be looking at episode 18, season one, episode 18. And the whimper is, I can't quite recall what happens in this. I think it's a BB BB episode, but I can't remember what happens in it. I don't know if you can. I think possibly one of the award episodes. Yes, it is. It is. It has the um, CBs, the CBs, or however, yeah, Seattle Broadcasting. So always love them. They always turn up some some good plot points. So um, it's probably the first time they get nominated for a CB, uh, which will be and definitely more Ross. Then we'll get our wish for some more Ross next episode, yeah. which is really good. But uh, other than that, I've been Will. Binky. Thank you very much for listening to We're Listening. Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling, tossed salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Well, maybe, but I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scraps.